Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and anywhere fine podcasts are available, including the iOS podcast device app, whatever it's called. Anyways, uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Make sure that uh, you get your notifications from Stephen Larson's Going In Raw. Yes. We're also at the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. If you want to contribute to the show, we have a plethora of uh, wonderful reward tiers. So it's kind of like a subscription service. You give us money, we give you stuff. Yes. Or access to stuff. Yes. Anyways, we're also at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Going In Raw. We have 10, count them, 10. 10. Wonderful designs right now. More to come. Yes, very soon. A couple on the horizon from our latest design guru and Larson. Oh, that's me. That's you, buddy. <laughs> Anyways, we're not here to ramble on about ourselves, are no. we? No, what are we here to talk about, Larson? Uh, 205 Live and NXT, but also, oh, you mentioned wrestling tea. So, yeah, just that. Well, all we really need to be talking about today is 205 Live, man, because, who boy, those those post-takeover NXTs are brutal. A little thin on uh, on uh, on content, yeah. new content. They, yeah. they spent a lot of time recapping the, the previous takeover. They spent almost all the time... Yeah. Although we did get the debut of Velveteen Dream. Yeah, that's something worth talking about. That's pretty rad. Yeah, it's very rad. I have, there's, I have one disappointment about that, though, and I'll get to that when we get to it. Okay. First up, we're going to talk about 205 Live. I thought this was the and I think they've had a lot of strong episodes lately. This blow-off match between Tozawa and Kendrick was fantastic. Was. I thought the build during this episode with regards to this match um, and how it went down was Fantastic! I think it was. This is one of the most strong episodes I've seen. And uh, the episode kicked off with a, a pretty lengthy uh, recap of the Kendrick Tozawa feud um, that was kind of narrated by the Brian Kendrick. Right, right. Um, and that was really effective, really good, really well done. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so it really set the stage for what would happen later in the evening. Right. But to build to that first up, we had uh, Rich Swan taking on Divari. Um, this is a fun enough match. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is this follows up. Last week when uh, the delivery uh, person showed up with a package for Rich Swan, and Rich Swan said, I'm not Rich Swan, or this isn't for me. Yeah. It's for, it's for that guy over there. It was Davari. And after a bit of a back and forth with Jack Gallagher, Davari ended up opening up the box 
and he got the poof in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, which is a spectacular. So this was like, you know, the natural culmination of that is a match. Yes. Uh, and that's what this was. Another fun match. Rich Swan picked up the win with a Phoenix Splash after a spin kick. Um, and then Noam Dar came out with Alicia Fox and attacked Rich Swan. And they went back to different replays during this so much. I thought, my prediction is still, I mean, they'll, they'll probably confine it to Raw. But my prediction was Sasha Banks was going to show up and attack him when they least expect it, like she said she was going to do. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised if there's a, a mixed tag match. At oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I could see that. They need they need to do something. It's it's interesting. During the uh, I was reading the Wrestling Observer. One thing he pointed out was, I think he said it was this past week, last week's maybe, 205 Live was like barely cracked the top 20. The top t- it came in after like all reruns of Table of Three and like that has to co- that has to be like they have to be sounding the the alarm bell. You would think so at that point. You would think so. That was not good. No. Um, which is which is a bummer because 205 Live, especially the last two months, has been put on, putting on a really good show this, every week. This could easily be up there with NXT, which, oh, yeah. continue, which, can, which uh, consistently is in the top three. And that's, that's even considering on pay-per-view weeks, it's, it's usually like the top two or three. Yeah. On non-pay-per-view weeks, I'm pretty sure it's usually number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yes, it's, a strong, it's a strong show. 205 Live is a strong show, but there are definite... Definite hindrances. We've talked about the Mad Nauseam here yes. on the show. I won't go into them. Um, after that, we had a, a pretty good uh, Aries, Austin Aries Neville package. Yeah, again, to kind of recap their feud, mm-hmm. and that led to a, 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 a joint interview oh, hosted oh, by okay, Corey yeah. Graves um, between Austin Aries and Neville. Now, nine times out of ten, when they do one of these side-by-side interview things, yeah. they're trash. Yeah, this was fantastic. This was Awesome, ne- I'm man. I can't say enough great things about Neville at this point, and and that's saying, would you have thought in a million years, a year ago, if they said, hey, Neville and Austin Aries are going to be in a feud, Neville is going to out Mike Austin Aries by a distance? Would you believe that? No. Neither would have I. Not in a million years. And I'm not saying necessarily that he is a he is that much more superior than Austin Aries on the mic. I don't. I think Austin Aries holds his own. Oh yeah, I thought he was fantastic in this too. He was he was great, but Neville is really next level because of that heel persona that he's developed. Oh yeah. And Austin Aries is a face. The face always gets the boring role, and, and he he's doing everything he possibly can, and we love it. Yes, we love it. Yes. But Neville is up there, man. It's, yeah. it's like, I'm, I said this before. I said he'd be a great Game of Thrones character. Yes. He really would. He has the look. He's got the, the uh, and, and he's got the acting chops. Mm-hmm. He was great. And there's I, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was, was going to punctuate that again by saying, and it's simple. It's, a lot of it is because he gets to be the heel and Austin Aries gets yeah. to be kind of the, the I don't want to say boring face, but he's the face. And you yeah, just, yeah, there's less to work with. There's less to work with. Generally speaking. And but when you see these guys side by side, I'm just waiting for Neville to talk some more. Yeah, you know, and that's that's saying that I, that's that's admitting that Austin Aries is fantastic on the mic. He is. Um, there's this there's that one moment where Austin Aries said something, um, insulted Neville, and Neville sits there for a moment. And at first, I thought he was he'd forgotten his line. Yeah, I know. I know. But no, he was he was absorbing it. I know. And so he sits there for a second and kind of does something like this. 
stewing over it. He stews! I was going to use that word. He stews. It's great. And then he had a retort. Because, like, you could see it building behind his eyes. Yep. And, yeah, at first you're like, wait, did he lose his train of thought? But, no, it was building. And then his retort comes out and it makes perfect yep. sense. If that was a scene played out in a movie, then, like, you wouldn't have thought he forgot his line. Yeah. This is the nature of, like, you don't see a lot of really, you don't see a lot of dramatic pauses. Well, you generally don't see... Uh, wrestlers in interviews given a chance to take beats like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Question, yeah, exactly. Answer, yeah. question, answer, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like there's something prepared for it. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 it was absolutely fantastic. I could, uh, seriously, this is a feud that I think can go on for ages and ages, and I'll, I'd never get bored. No, I do. I either. It, it is kind of funny, though. Like, Austin Aries is so great as a heel, um, that's like the the, the the only thing, my, I think that's my only sort of gripe with, and it's not even a gripe, it's just, we know what Austin Aries can do as a heel, Yes. and so we know that we're not getting his 110%, you know, because you can't, I mean, you just, you can't, there's not, it's the same thing with Seth Rollins, we know what he can do as a heel, therefore his face run, which is totally fine, like he's hitting the beats he's supposed to hit, it's underwhelming, I think, to everybody, because we know... What he can do as a heel. Same thing with Samoa Joe. Because Samoa Joe, when he was in NXT at first, he was a face. Yeah. Until he turned on Finn Balor, and he yeah, was yeah. fine. Yeah. But when he's a heel, yeah. it's just so much better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it was, you, you never see these. I mean, these side-by-sides are always horrible. They're always terrible. This was fantastic. Yeah. They did a great job of playing off each other, mm. despite the fact that they were in different rooms. Yeah. And usually that's what's kind of lacking. Yeah. It just seems like they're talking, the two participants are talking at each other instead well, of when, going, you know, there's actual dialogue. Remember when they did the, uh, this is sort of different, but the Darren Young, Bob Backlund promos? Yeah. And they were just awkward. And it's like, man, could you imagine what these guys would be pretty good? Like, because they were actually fairly amusing, but you're just thinking to yourself, they're not in the same room. Why yeah. I, you know, yeah. this is weird. And you just thought to yourself, oh, you know, I wish they were in the same room together. Then we had the, <laughs> this was great, this was great. We had the return of Cedric Alexander. Yeah. Taking on some poor bastard named Johnny Boone, who I'm not even sure is a real wrestler. <laughs> this, this guy, this was like, I'm trying to explain, I'm trying to think about how to, how to verbalize this. What did you think of this match? Um, it was short. Johnny Boone seemed like he had been plucked from the crowd like without his consent, <laughs> and but because everything, all his reactions seemed a legitimate, and b like he didn't know what was happening. <laughs> like I know you probably weren't. I don't know if you were paying attention. I, for some reason, I started paying attention to this guy because he looked number one. He looked really young, but then he had super gray in his beard. Yeah, I noticed that. But every time he'd get it, and Cedric looked like he had a heel face going. A little bit. He looked like he had a heel face, like he was enjoying beating up on this poor Johnny Boone guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. he walked out, he, uh, Cedric had a little bit they of... They still have that crap music of his. Heel face, I know. That's a, I don't like that theme song. It's so annoying. Um, Cedric looked great. Looked oh, yeah. Amazing. He looked fantastic. like a million bucks, but he totally... That, I think that sort of added to the Johnny Boone comedy for me is that Cedric looked like he wanted to hurt this guy. Yeah. He looked like he was having fun hurting this guy. And so it just made me think of every time that, like, a fan runs in and Triple H starts kicking me in the head as hard as he can. Anyways. 
Um, Cedric won with a lumbar check. Yeah, lumbar, lumbar check is one of those things. It looks like it's not the easiest thing for the guy receiving it I know. to pull off. And Johnny Boone looked like he did not know how to pull off the receiving end of this. Yeah. Because it looked like he sort of like, I don't know, just tumbled back down. As yeah, to, and then he, and then like the way he sold it, he sold it like, I don't know, like a back body drop kind he of. sold it like it really hurt the crap out of him. Well, I know, but like he, he sold it. Usually people, when they, when they get hit by their finisher, they felt like they're out. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. And he kind of lifted himself up and made a face, <laughs> selling it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's my finish. Act like it hurt. Not just like it is an inconvenience. Johnny. You're not coming back, Johnny. Anyways, uh, then we had a great little political oh, ad-esque message from Drew Gulak, who was in a suit, had an American flag pin, had like a, a front yard behind him, I think. Yeah, or something. yeah, he was that. obviously in front of a green screen. Right, exactly. But it was a very political ad. I'm surprised they didn't do this message is brought to you. I know, type I know. Thing. They did do the freeze frame at the end. Yeah, that was awesome. This is smiling. fantastic. And he was talking about how, you know, 205 Live should be about technical mat wrestling. Yes, stuff not like high-flying, high-risk high moves. Exactly. I'm, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to come around to that just because of Drew Gulak. Oh, his first promo he did in this new character. Once he delivered, I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. I'm all in on it. All in. I'm behind Drew Gulak right here. And I hope they keep – and he did. He, he, he pointed out Mustafa Ali, so I want them to keep it because I like Mustafa Ali. Yeah, Mustafa Ali's great. Yeah, I think he's good for this feud. Uh, that led us to the, uh, the main, main event, event. Street fight, blow-off match. This was – yeah, well, the, the only reason, like, I, I would have maybe thought that it could have gone further – um, but at the very end, I think Corey Graves said something along the lines. Oh, a couple so. times they did. Yeah, okay, they a couple this, times. This okay. is essentially the end of this yeah, feud. Yeah, yeah. And it was, man, what a feud. Yes. And what a blow off. Yes. Like, fantastic. When you can get that crowd who's exhausted, tired, they've been through the, I believe they would have been through the Punjabi celebration. They've been through watching AJ Styles and Nakamura in the ring together. All that stuff. And all of... The rest of 205 Live, then you get this match. They, they, they shouldn't have been this fever pitch, but they were hot. Yeah. By the end of this, they well, were it's hot. It's a testament to the quality of the feud and, and the time they've invested in building it up and building it up and building it up. I say it every week in hopes that somebody at WWE might be paying attention. They need to get this in front of its own audience. Yep. Because this would have been... Dude, this could have been... like The, the, the level that they could have brought the, a fresh crowd up to would have had you thinking this was match of the year. Yeah. People would have been, it would have been like the Tyler Bate Pete Dunn match. Yeah. It would have been like people have been talking. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Because um, this is fantastic. There's so much creativity in this match. You had Brian Kendrick using that purple ring tape, ring rope tape. Yeah. Um, to try to tie up, A, to cut off uh, Tazawa's uh, mouth breathing. Yeah. He, like, taped his mouth. Well, it's not just that, but, I mean, when he first did, I thought it was to keep Tazawa from doing his, ha! Ah! Ah, mm, to get the crowd into okay, it. There then, you go. then the commentary team was like, "Oh, they're, you know, they're tr he's trying to keep, you know, Tazawa from breathing as well as he could." Right, exactly. And that's what Tazawa sold. His nose is okay. He wasn't trying to kill him. Yeah, but you know, you need to breathe out through your mouth. And Tazawa did a great job of selling. Yeah, he did. He that did. Whole spot. He tried to. He was at first looked like he was going for the hands, and then he didn't do that. And he said he got for, went for the mouth. And at one put point, him in the captain's hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, he used the the tape to wrap him. To, to bind him to the ring post thing. And then took his belt off. Yeah. And started hitting oh, with great. his belt. That was great. And then uh, Kendrick went, I think, to adjust the table. Mm -hmm. And then Tazawa managed to free himself and grab the belt. And as soon as Kendrick tur turned around, Tazawa hit him. looked like right in the face. Oh, I know. With the belt. I know. That was great. That was fantastic. 
Um, and then we had the like the flipping spot of the night, man. I mean, of the week of the month. I don't know what. It was fantastic. They, so they they brought it a table because it's a street fight. You can do that. And it was kind of sitting there for most of the match, so you knew. Yeah. It was going to be used. That was going to happen, but I had no idea that it would happen the way it did. So uh, Tazawa brings it, or it's over by the by the ring post. He puts Kendrick on it. He goes up to the very top, stands up on the ring post, on the, top the, ring, of the ring, post. ring post, and lets out a couple of ha's, and then did a senton onto Kendrick. They both come crashing down. And he got ridiculous height on that it, senton. Yeah, I know that dude. Can, man, he got some height, and uh, yeah, and so both of them came. It was just it looked so devastating. Yeah, it did. And uh, so then Tazawa rolls Kendrick back in the, the ring. The dead weight of Brian Kendrick back into the ring. And got the one, two, three. Yep. And man, and the crowd, the crowd was eating it up yep. by the end. And that's what and what a match to be able to do that. That was fantastic. It was great. And 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 the both Tazawa and Kendrick, their intensity levels corresponded to a blow off match. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was it was obvious. This should have been selling I mean, this, the this, end of their feud and selling it magnificently. Extreme Rules is two weeks away. This could have been an Extreme Rules match easily, especially considering. You know, there's five of Raw's top stars in one match. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, they could potentially have three matches from 205 Live on mm-hmm. the card Extreme mm-hmm. Rules. Yeah. They could have had this one. They will have the submission match between Aries and Neville. And then they could have they could have um, the mixed tag match mm-hmm. with Sasha mm-hmm. Banks. I, and I would suppose Rich Swan Rich against Swan, uh, Alicia Fox yeah. and Noam Dar. Yeah. If that is their plan to sort of start integrating a bit more of... Raw stars to 205 Live, like integrating it more within, instead of just having, okay, we've got this going on, like a bit more integration there. That could start helping 205 Live, but the the, the base, the, the, the root problem is still the same. It's the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, hell of an episode. Yeah. Just hell of Another an strong episode of 205 Live. Hopefully yeah. the show starts getting some momentum in terms of viewership. I hope so, man. It seems to be going the other way, but man, I mean, if 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 matches like that can't do the trick, then that's not the problem. Then that's not the issue, and you guys need to, they need to figure that out. Yes. Anyways, Anyways. Uh, let's go on to NXT. You know, there were three matches. We got Alistair Black. We got the the debut of the Velveteen Dream, mm-hmm. and we got a pretty decent match between Drew McIntyre and Wesley Blake. Yeah, I know, I know. And then we got a couple little interviews. Look. This is this is what related they have to, to takeover. Do. It's after takeover. They haven't done their latest round of tapings yet. It's totally fine. Yeah, uh, but it is kind of a thing they need. If they're gonna, if they're gonna, I'll put it this way: if they're gonna start doing more takeovers, they need to figure something else out. Well, also if they want to start, you know, putting NXT on par with Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. then they need to find a way to not have half an episode be recaps of takeover. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, you're wasting one episode. Every, I mean, I don't know how often they plan on doing takeovers. I think predominantly just quarterly. Yeah. Corresponding to the major four pay-per-views. You, was there a particular reason why this one existed? I'm not that I'm aware. I'm just speculating they just want to do one in Chicago. Oh, okay. Because they know it's a, it's a crowd. crowd, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a hell of a takeover, too. Yeah, I mean, it was really that's, good. that's the thing. It's like, you know, we... But but this is this is sort of a problem they kind of need to solve. You know? Yeah. Um, but I think this episode... Uh, was kind of plagued by that more so than previous episodes. I mean, there, there's always... Yeah, no, I know. Like, post-takeover episodes of NXT are always heavy on recaps. Mm-hmm. This felt really heavy on recaps. I mean, they had, within the first... I I, I honestly want to say... The, when the, within the... Yeah. Well, they, they had this first match, 
the Alistair Black versus Kurt Hawkins match. Each and of then, these, yeah, each of these matches was okay. So Alistair Black versus Kurt Hawkins, five minutes. I, I would I was gonna say seven, but yeah, five to seven. Yeah, because they, they they let Kurt Hawkins get in some offense here. Best spot where uh, Kurt Hawkins whipped Alistair Black into the ropes. Kurt Hawkins ran after him, and Alistair Black did the flip over him. Gosh. I know. Amazing. <laughs> I, know, I know. And you know what was really cool about this is that, look, I mean, here's the thing. When Alistair Black is fighting performance center guys like Keanu Reeves and Sean Maluda, it's one thing. Kurt Hawkins is a main roster guy, so there should be more of, he should have more of a fight. Yes. And that's fine. I like that because we got to see Alistair Black, I'm not going to say struggle at all, but we got to see him actually have to put some effort into it. And we saw as him. As a character. Yeah, and I, we saw him for the first time. Frustrated like, a little bit? Well, I, I would say be really intense. Yeah, 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 exactly. Before yeah. the finish, he actually, mm-hmm. usually he's so detached. He was getting kind of pissed. Yeah. <laughs> that Kurt Hawkins has taken this long to put down. Um, I, loved the, I loved how the finish went down. There are a couple of really, really decent spots here. Again, it was sort of like... You know, a bunch of stuff we hadn't seen from Aleister Black before. Um, he needs to be careful with that jumping off the rope thing, though, because the rope didn't seem as taut mm-hmm. as sometimes as usual. And, man, you can really mess yourself up if you just think you can do that anytime and anywhere. You yeah. Know? yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Anyways, um, that was really rad, though. Um, but Alistair wins with a, a black mask. And the, the rad thing about it, too, is Kurt Hawkins was running at him yeah, when, he, ran, when he took ran it. right into it. And he dropped like a sack of potatoes. It was fantastic. Um, Alistair Black, yeah, he picked up the one. He sat down as soon as the three was counted, and uh, he just sort of looked off and looked kind of intense. He's yeah. got such a general Zod feel to him, man. That's, that's, that's what I sort of realized when I was watching him sit there. I don't know if I said that before about him. I don't but think you have. He definitely, to me, it's like it's general Zod now, okay. which is all the great. Yeah. Because you're, you're original yeah. general. Come on, original. As much as I love Michael Shannon. It's Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp Terrence is general Stamp. Zod. Uh, after this match is when we got a lot of recaps. Um, we got a recap. For oh, the one thing I want to say about the Aleister Black thing. Somebody was off their game with the camera in his intro. Yeah. That was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> like he started tripping or something. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I know. But what it was all over the place. Anyway. Um, uh, we got, uh, well, there was an Ember Moon interview where she was sitting in the, in the, in the stand yeah, they needed prior to, to take over. Stop doing that stuff. Just stop doing that stuff, man. It doesn't come off as natural at all. What, the the staging or her performance? Largely her dialogue. And I'll say this. I think she does what she can with the dialogue. The dialogue is not good, which is kind of surprising. And if if it's her, then I put it on her. If it's creative, then I put it on creative. Because the dialogue is just, it's, and honestly, like her delivery a little bit, it's too, it's too like theater group. It's too theater group for me. You got to be better than that. That's my take on it. All right. It's constructive criticism. No, I understand that. Um, I, I thought it was effective. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, I, I'm honestly surprised they didn't have the sad Charlie Brown music. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that was like they did before. Well, that was a bit much the first time they did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. It was a bit too much. I'm telling you, man. Make her, make her, put her with Dude Harper and Eric. That's what you do. Um, after that promo from Ember Moon, there was the the recap for the women's title match. Yeah, followed by a really brief interview with Oscar. I got I didn't even honestly like I saw a recap. I was just trying to look for the matches. Yeah, I kind of did that too. Um, it was one question and Oscar Morla, it like immediately following her match at Takeover, um, and Oscar just said, 
did you not see what I just did out there? Yeah. You know, more or less saying, no one can beat me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was it. Most of these interviews were really short. One question, one brief answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a recap of Sanity versus, or sorry, Eric Young versus Roderick Strong. And they mm-hmm. had a Roderick Strong interview, which I thought he actually did a really good job. Um, I saw, I didn't really hear what he said, but I saw him and he seemed intense. So that's yeah, funny. he seemed intense and in, 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 in convincing, mm-hmm. completely convincing. Yeah. I wonder what the difference is. So I read on, I think I want to say Observer, because he was recapping NXT, Meltzer was. Um, and he said that I guess Roderick Strong uh, was in the same tryout as Kevin Owens. Interesting. Kevin Steen. And they said that he was far and away the best wrestler, um, but they didn't really see much in terms of, I would assume, character. He didn't elaborate. Yeah. Um, and so he wasn't picked up at the time. I wonder what what changed. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Then we had the Velvet Change. This is what made me sad about this. Because this was great. This was Patrick Clark in his yes. fully formed Prince gimmick. Yes. And I have one concern, but I also have one uh, one sadness, is that we've lost that awesome theme song. I know. And the new one. And the, the funny thing is the new one is much more ambitious. You can yes. tell it's probably CFOs or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, but the last one had such a catchy I know. beat. I know. I wish they would have made that more ambitious. I know, I know. Just expanded on that. <laughs> This is number one. Number one, Patrick Clark looks like he wants to laugh every time he does the kiss face. Because he goes like this. Like he puckers up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. God, it's, it's so fantastic. great. It's so great. He comes out all <laughs> androgynous prince guy. I really... I remember six months ago, maybe it was a year ago, when WWE was saying, we're going to organically integrate... LGBT characters into our programming. I hope this isn't that. I hope this isn't their way of doing that because it's like the least subtle thing they can possibly do. On Twitter, he has been... Because, you know, I think, you know, some wrestling fans are backwards. And I think they've given him shit about possibly being a homosexual character. And he has been very androgynous about it and being, you know, saying, I'm above sexuality and this and that. And I hope they stick with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't want this to be a caricature. Yes. You know what I mean? So um, so I, I like it so far, and I like how he's presented himself through social media, yeah, this yeah. character thus far. I think it can make for some really fun stuff. Because uh, he, <laughs> he looks like he wants to crack up through the whole thing. He looks like he's legitimately having fun with this gimmick. Yes. And he he is and and the great thing is he is all in on it. Yes, that's the great thing. Talk about athletic though. Talk oh my about, gosh! Talk about getting height. Yeah, when he did the, the his finish, which I think was like a it was just an elbow drop. It was an elbow drop. But man, and because I, I remember I saw a picture on Twitter that NXT's Twitter account or WWE's Twitter account posted of him in the air, and it's ridiculously high up yes. there. Yes. And so seeing it like the actual video of it was very impressive. Yeah, it was very cool. I think a strong debut oh, for yeah, Velveteen Dream. Definitely. Um, I mean, we've seen, you know, we saw him as this character, Patrick Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's been on TV a couple times. Yeah, in, in kind of a developmental stage. Yeah, yeah. And we saw him at the house show here in Sacramento. It's kind of, they're they're piloting it out, they're, they're focus yeah. grouping it maybe. Yeah. yeah, but this seems to be like, you know, he's got the proper name and he's got, uh, you know, new music. This is going to be his, yes. you know, his start, Yes, um, which is awesome. He took on a local guy named Robert Anthony, 
um, who goes by a different name. I forgot what it is, but I read about this also. Uh, oh, okay. He's a he is a Chicago, he's a pretty popular Chicago wrestler, and I wasn't able to 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 discern this, but. Um, the crowd was at one point chanting for him w- using his name that he used in Chicago. I forget what it is. Okay. But, uh, but it was kind of cool to see that dude get some rub. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, Velveteen Dream picks up his uh, a win. In his debut. Decisive win in his official NXT debut. Yes. Uh, then we had, oh, I didn't see the Pete Dunne interview. Another really brief interview mm-hmm. where he, uh, one question, and he just said, I think. Uh, they look all mad. Yeah. Always Something mad. about Tyler Bate. uh Achieving his dream or living at his dream, and now the belt belongs to him. Yeah. Short. Yeah, sounds about right. Bobby Roode's interview was real short. He's saying, now I won. I'm going to go take some time off, sit in my pool with my belt. Did you see? I didn't see. I don't know if this was just on the YouTube, or was this actually a part of at the end of TakeOver? Uh, Cassius Ono trying to calm down Hideo Itami in the locker room, and Hideo Itami was going crazy after his loss. Oh, I didn't notice that at the end of TakeOver, no. Okay, I didn't notice. Yeah, because the end was just Ciampa. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe this was on their YouTube or something yeah, like that. I, I thought they might have aired it here. Um, maybe we both just missed it if they did. Yeah, could um, be. Because this is not the kind of NXT where we're going to see. Well, what, uh, what happened in that video, the backstage locker room thing? Oh, I don't know. I watched. I, I saw like little bits and pieces of it, or like I saw maybe some stills and I read about it. I, it's probably literally a minute long. I don't know why I just didn't seek it out. But uh, he was very upset. Cassius Ono tried to calm him down. Adeo Tommy was having none of it. Maybe it's going to lead to a match with him. I have no idea. Uh, let's see here. Then we had uh, Drew Muckin. Drew McIntyre. Sorry, I almost threw up right there. Yeah, I had did. three eggs, toast, and an avocado. What's the thing going on right now about the avocado toast? Oh, you've never had avocado toast before? I mean, no. There's something going. There's something happening with it right now. What do you mean? I don't know. I've heard two references of the dangers of avocado toast. Oh, I've not heard that. I've always heard that avocados are very good for you. And I know, me too. The, the cost of avocado toast. Why avocado toast costs so much? Oh, is it just a monetary money thing? Oh, maybe. Over the past few years... I know, avocados are expensive. Anyways, we're going to do some research on that. Yeah, we had Drew, later. We had Drew McIntyre versus... Wesley Blake. Wesley Blake, that's right, because this was set Wesley up. Blake was having a hard time keeping his pants up. <laughs> Did you notice that? I totally didn't. I was not. I did not know. There was that. always there was always about a, an inch to an inch and a half on the, on the back of his pants that were hanging lower than they should have been. Are you serious? Yeah. He several times he's pulling them up. Has he been? Has he got quitters in there? Has he been cutting weight? What's going on with that? It's like spandex. I think they were just about. new pants. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I think they're just new. Maybe maybe you know he. Uh, they were tailored incorrectly or something. Isn't I don't know. Something or he didn't, or he didn't pull the the drawstring tight enough. I don't know. Isn't that something you take care of before you go out there? Well, it's one of those things. Maybe he put he just he, they're brand new, new. He just put them on, hadn't wrestled in them, and realized when he, once he was out there, was like, oh, these aren't staying up very well. Oh man! Mercy. And I guess and I guess he didn't have any opportunity during the match to yeah. tighten the drawstring to keep that. up a little bit better. Oh man! But there was a couple times where he just had to pull them up. I just thought might have seen Wesley Blake's. A couple times you saw the top butt crack. The very top. I'll have to go. Now i got to go back and watch Just it. the very top. i got to go back and watch that now. Um, again. Because I did actually watch. I, I, I watched it. I guess I watched it half-assedly. I had to watch because we're doing. Okay, so here we go. We're doing Halloween Havoc 1992 for this weekend's Going In Raw. Spin the view. wheel, make the deal. That's the gimmick for the main event. There is so much weird going on in WCW. WCW is just it's so weird. 
it's so weird. Anyways, um, another great brutal match from Drew McIntyre. God, he's such a man. I know. I aspire to be as man I know. as that. Oh, I know. I don't think I can be. I'm going to try, though. You're, okay, how about this? What? Let's make a pact. Okay. You try to be Drew, and I'll try to be Alistair Black. Then we'll both be super cool. Okay. <laughs> See, I'm already in the process of growing my hair out long. Check. Oh, no, but don't do that. Don't do that. I already that. have the beard. Oh. Check. I'm going to the gym. You need to grow Check. another, like... Double your weight in muscle. Well, oh, I have to grow like seven inches too. <laughs> yeah, how tall do you think he is? I think he's six five or six Shins- six. Shinsuke's tall. When I said I you see him in the ring there, I was like, oh my god, he's tall. He's six. Do you think he's six six or six seven? That's what they build him as. Probably. Six, six, he's huge. Yeah, he's pretty tall. That dude is massive. I think that's 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 good to aspire to those levels, though. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll aspire to be you know Drew McIntyre. Scale down to five. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's probably, what, 240 something? Yeah. So maybe I'll try to get to 175 of muscle. Up to 170. Gee, Willikers. Here's a little baby boy. About 162, 165. Mm-hmm. I got to go some pizza, man. Well, no. Yeah. I need to go. You need let's a go, lot of protein. Let's go, go get it like a ton of chickens. Okay. Do like Regal style chicken and milk. Okay. Maybe. I don't really like milk, but okay. I love milk. I know you do. Anyway. Another good match from uh, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wins again with uh, they call it the. Oh crap! I actually knew it. I'm tr- I'm trying to to learn more Finnish names. It's essentially uh, it's essentially the same move that uh, uh, Roderick Strong had used in the past, which they call the stick kick. It's the same move, but uh, they, yeah, uh, it was referred to differently last night. Yeah, it's the uh, Claymore. The Claymore. Claymore. Claymore, of course, is a it's like a mine. Mm-hmm. I know that from Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, kind of a lamer episode of. Uh, well, it was just a lighter episode. Yeah. There's a lot of recaps. An awesome debut. Couple fun matches. Yeah. It was what it was. They do what they can do. And they're having the TV tapings today, Thursday, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. So we'll get lots of spoilers for that tonight. I'm sure. I'm sure we will. Um, let's see here. All right, we're going to answer some questions. Answer some now. questions. Man, i got to get to the P.O. box one of these days because I guarantee we have some stuff there. Probably. All right, here we go. Uh, Nemo, the Universal Kidney Punching Champion. Uh, he says, what was your first wrestling show, and what do you remember the most about it? He says, wow. He says his was a house show in Savannah, and he remembered that it was Benoit's last match. Interesting. Interesting. That's, that's a little slice of history to be there for. Um, I'm trying to remember if I went to a Nitro or a Raw first. Because I went to a Raw in Davis. It was after the Royal Rumble in, 90, in 98, but before WrestleMania, because Stone Cold wasn't champion yet. Mm. Um, I believe we had floor seats. Oh, wow. Maybe, I don't know, six rows back or something like that. Um, uh, but uh, the show ended with Stone Cold delivering a promo. He didn't have a match. I remember there was a segment because HBK, I think it was like the week after the Royal Rumble, after HBK hurt his back. And so he just showed up, DX just showed up in the Titantron. He didn't make the trip out to Davis. Okay. Um, Ken Shamrock had a match. You know, and he's from the Sacramento area, so he got a huge pop. Right, 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 right. Um, so I think that was first, but then either shortly before or probably after, um, went to Nitro. February 21st, 1998. 
when uh, no, I'm sorry, February 23rd, 1998. Is that Nitro? Steiner uh, debuted his White Thunder. Was that in Sacramento? Have yeah. you confirmed that? Yeah. Yes. So that must have been the second show. Because we were there for yeah. uh, we were there for that. Man, that was only about a uh, two or three weeks after the uh, Raw I went to. Then you were a fool for wrestling back then. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was a lot of fun too. It was exciting. And then I went to and then I know I went to a Raw. I think at some point here in town. We went to a bunch in L.A. Oh, maybe a, that was in L.A. Yeah, we went to quite a few shows in L.A. Went to at least a Yeah, no, you're right. That would have been L.A. Because I remember... one Raw and one SmackDown. There. I was a big mark for Y2J. Wisely. Uh, let's see here. We have more questions. The Discord Club Enforcer Heel Connor Dunmore. Uh, hey, friendo. So I recently realized that people have completely forgot about John Cena. John Cena. For SummerSlam, as it is one of the major four, he is probably a lock to return. So do you see Jinder facing him? At SummerSlam, um, if not, who will Cena face at the biggest party of the summer? Well, that's a good question. Let me ask you something. Do you think they have? <laughs> do you think they have solid plans for Gender at SummerSlam? I wonder how solid their plans are for anything at SummerSlam besides Rusev Shane, which is probably going to happen. Well, that and then Lesnar Strowman. Lesnar Strowman, that right. seems a certainty. You don't think that's going to be pending Strowman actually coming back? You think they're going to? I mean, that, that's probably penciled in. Yeah. Assuming nothing else happens with it. Well, I mean, I think elbow. I think uh, Shane and Ruth, that's penciled in too. But no, I that's know, in Vince. Pen. No, that's nothing pen. with Vince is in pen until two hours before Vince the show. Doesn't use pens. Dude. No, all pencils. All pencil. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Cena will be at the show on the show. I'm sure he'll have a match. What do you think he's going to be? I could. I, the funny thing is, I could totally see that being the case. Oh, I could too. But then, how do you get out of Cena? I mean, there's electricity like, wrestling. There's a million ways you can get out of Cena have, getting that title, or you have Cena get the title. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, because that would be his record breaking yeah, win. Yeah. They're going to do that. It's probably going to be at a, a WrestleMania. Yeah. It, it kind of all depends on how Cena thinks of Jinder Mahal. I think. Yeah. Maybe not at this point, though. He's so I think he's so, like, doing the Hollywood thing. I don't think he really cares what he does. Like, look at this past year. Yeah, I know. You know? It's like he wanted to wrestle Undertaker. He said that, and I believe him. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was mm-hmm. the plan. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you know. Okay, and then, and then he was pitched the uh, proposal idea, and, and, and I think he eventually just either he went along with it or felt like he had to, and yeah. then he did it. And it yeah. seemed like he was trying to have fun with it. Yeah, but it seemed like he was trying to have fun with it, but also kind of checked out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's see here. Terrence Thompson, what visual aspects of 205 Live would you change? Purple was a terrible choice for the color scheme mm-hmm. because it's dull and boring. Mm-hmm. Um, he would rather change the color scheme to orange and white to make the show more vibrant. Um, he stopped changing the ropes during Raw and incorporate more of a ring of style. He says PWG uh, production. All good ideas. Uh, I'm not huge on the orange and white because it just makes me want like a creamsicle. And I don't, I don't associate that with well cruiserweights. Uh, suggest an alternate black and white. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this very thing. Black and white would be fantastic. It'd be great. Because I know you and I differed on the the Brooklyn Nets when they debuted their new logo. Oh, it was beautiful. Oh, I don't like the logo. I don't like the, I, just, I don't like the font they used. It's the most boring font. Oh man, it's it's minimalist. See, I'm cool with minimalist. Yeah, that's what it was. But you're not. No, cool it's it. boring. Yeah. There's a difference between minimalist and boring, and that was boring. 
I am talking to the new design guru. I will. Uh, yes. I will stand corrected. Uh, what color scheme would you like to see for two hundred five? Because he's right. He's right about that. I hate their color scheme, and I hate that little logo guy, that little mascot yeah. guy they have. What is the what see, is I, his I, name? I like the shade of orange they use because it's not one hundred percent orange. It's kind of a red orange. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think if they did orange and black, yeah, that would be cool. Okay. Or maybe black and white with orange trim. Well, I'm always a big fan of that. I'm always a big fan. I mean, you know, W. Steve W. is black and yellow. Yeah. So I like that, and I love orange. But, man, just give me black and white. Oh, man, the things you could do with that. Whenever NXT, when they go to Brooklyn, and it's black and white, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. But you'll notice they don't use the, the, the Nets font because it's a boring font. Again, design guru, who am I to, uh, to disagree? Tommy T. has a question. He says, hey, Steve and Commissioner of Fun Larson. Uh, so wrestling is something that doesn't always age well. If you didn't see certain stories while they happened or watch while the characters grow. Personally, to me, I don't enjoy any of Hulk Hogan's work. And honestly, while I enjoy him, I think Stone Cold is a little bit overrated. Whoa, Tommy T. Anyways, that being said, what are some timeless storylines and characters from wrestling history? Timeless storyline, Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon. Hogan versus Andre. I was going to say Hogan and Randy Savage. The Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that was a great oh, Storyline, yeah, totally, because that lasted a while. Yeah. Um, the Rock and Sock connection mm-hmm. from their genesis. I'm going to add this. DIY. Oh, great story. Universal story. Yes, absolutely. Between two men loving each other. Um, Steve's comfy shirt, Liam. Let hey. me ask you this, Wagner. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Crap. Liam knows me, man. Yeah, he does. Liam knows me. Let me ask you this. <laughs> I know you say that a lot. Um, hey guys, do you think Alistair Black should be a silent but deadly type character, like a fart? <laughs> Meaning his actions speak for him, um, with very little to no promos, interviews. Um, Liam feels this would add to his character and make him more intimidating to his opponents. I'll say this, man. You know, you, 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 you strip some of the some of anybody's natural mystique away. Like, for example, and I knew this was going to happen with Shinsuke Nakamura when he's chilling backstage with AJ in those flatly lit segments. And they're so stilted and awkward. They do what they can with them. Yeah. They're, but they're so awkward. AJ says something. Nakamura says, says something. Back and forth. It it kills some of the mystique there. And to, to, to insert Alistair Black, who is like at this point all mystique. Yeah. To put him there, it, it just, yeah, it's going to kill a this little bit. This is what I think they should do with him because at some point they're going to have to develop his character a bit more for feuds. Instead of having him do promos or interviews, um, and I don't want it stylistically to be like what Bray Wyatt does, because I don't want him talking to camera. Sure. And I don't want it to be edited in the same fashion that the Wyatt stuff is, because it's way too much. Okay, okay. But you know, like those vignettes they were running for him yeah, sure. prior to his or his debut, mm-hmm. stuff like that that's narrated by him. Yeah. Develop his story, develop his character that yeah. way. But can you go, let me ask you something. Let me ask you this. Can you, now nah, I'm going to, I'm self-conscious about it. Um, can you, can you do that? Continuously, I'm looking at Bray. I'm, I'm thinking about Bray Wyatt right now because you bring up a good point. Um, but I, he, I, he's a, he's a great promo guy. Yeah, I don't think you need to do it continuously. I think he just it's effective if you do it 
wants a feud. I really don't want to see him interacting with people backstage in the locker room. That seems like such an anti-Alistair Black thing, you know. And this, it's, it's, honestly, like, when's the last time you saw? I don't think I've ever seen Bray Wyatt backstage in the locker room. So no, usually it's take he's, a cue. If he's in the arena, he's like in the bowels, in the bowels of yeah. the arena. Yeah, take a cue from the Bray Wyatt stuff. Yeah, but Bray Wyatt's like an expert talker. I have no idea if Alistair Black can talk that way. But yeah, if 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 he can't, if what comes out of his mouth isn't flipping Shakespearean. You know, then, yeah, limit. I, I would say limit his talking. If you want to establish character, do it the way you're suggesting. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yes. Uh, uh, Aaron Gleason. <laughs> hey, friend of WB asked you to put together a show of five matches pitting members of the main roster against members of 205 Live. What five matches do you book? Um, this is what Aaron suggests. Seth Rollins versus, versus Austin Aries. Good. AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. Shinsuke versus Neville. Braun Strowman versus Jack Gallagher. Oh, I'd like that's that's good. Samoa Joe versus Akira Tozawa. Um, I like those last two a lot, so I will steal those. Okay. Um, I will say, I would say Neville versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, he said that. Yeah, his 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 ideas are all really good. Uh, AJ Styles. That's going to be better for AJ Styles. I would I would actually want to see AJ Styles versus Akira Tozawa because I've seen some I've seen enough sure of Akira well, Tozawa yeah and I'm sure we've seen AJ Styles versus Austin Aries before in TNA I'm sure that's happened <laughs> I've seen, probably seen that a maybe lot. in Ring of Honor too yeah probably Seth Rollins versus Austin Aries that'd be good give me Kevin Owens versus Austin Aries that'd be fun probably seen that before too in Ring of Honor probably have Austin Aries is in Ring of Honor yeah. Before, before Impact? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the champion. You hear in the Observer that Impact is trying to get Adam Cole. Good luck. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I'm watching this Thursday, you fat bastard. All right, every 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 week on the dirt sheet until Adam Cole signs, we should have uh, power rankings of promotions that can sign Adam Cole. Yes! I love it. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do that. Here, I'm going to make... I'm gonna put make, it in the notes. Yeah, I'm going to put it in the notes. I'll read a question. Uh, this is a good question. Chris Kimmel. Do you think Breezango can be the next big comedy duo like Edge and Christian, where they eventually give them their own TV show on the network? Do you think Breezango? Do you think Edge, Edge, is Edge and Christian a, a realistic ceiling for them? That's a, that's a huge ceiling. Like, if you follow through their careers, that's yeah, a yeah, massive yeah, yeah. That's, ceiling. That would be a pretty awesome ceiling. Um, Edge and Christian were already kind of established as... Here's the thing. I was thinking about this because somebody, somebody mentioned Mankind, uh, thinking of Mankind as a comedy. Oh, act. I saw that. And, okay, but here's, no, here's, the, here's the interesting thing, though. When I was looking up Mankind, for some reason, um, it was... Uh, the, it's probably just Wikipedia, but who knows where they got it from. I forget. Maybe it was, maybe it was Melter. Maybe it was Melter because he was talking about Breezango, maybe. Anyways... Uh, whatever this was said that after hell in a cell man WWF felt that the audience still wasn't really connecting with him. And it wasn't until they decided to go comedy with him that they figured him to be a draw based on the audience reaction. Yeah. So was he a comedy act? No, I would not consider him that because everybody knew everybody knew that this guy was legit from day one. They yes. all knew. Yes. And you need that first before you do the comedy stuff. Yes. With Breezango, 
they weren't high profile enough to have that backstory where they were serious first. They they came out the gate as a comedy act, and yes. that's why the Santino comparison is a yes. bit more apt. Yes, that's why I don't think Edge and Christian really are that good of a comparison. Because no, because they didn't start as a comedy act. Right. right. They were just like normal guys who everybody realized were hilarious, and they ran with that. But then they obviously went back to being. Did they ever? I'm sure they did. Edge and Christian ever have like a proper like long drawn out feud? I don't recall. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Hamza Halal, probably. Everybody's lighting up our comments right now. Of course they did. They fought at WrestleMania in the main event. Do you think a Ty Dillinger demotion to NXT would actually be smart? <laughs> no, no, no. Like he's there. That's it. He's there. Yeah. It's, it's it's this or be released. Yes. No way. They just need to actually start using him on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, Larson on a poll match says uh, 205 Live is almost always on par if not surpassing NXT in terms of quality matches and storylines. However, more people would rather watch NXT instead of 205 Live. Why do you think this is? And do you think if 205 Live had a takeover type special every couple months that it would help get more viewers? I don't... It's mostly the crowd. It's mostly the crowd. It's mostly... God, I'd even say the... I think the branding is too close to... It feels like it, it... Honestly, it just feels like a main event. It doesn't have its own identity. That's kind of the problem. It doesn't have its own identity. Like, that. the 205 Live branding is too slick. This should be PWG, but with, like, slightly higher production values. I was reading the thing, because we were thinking of doing an ECW pay-per-view for our review thing, and, you know, I was reading the thing about, you know, the top 15 reasons why ECW failed, why the reboot failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things was production value. They said the production value is way too high. Yeah. Like, the great thing about ECW, and this I totally agreed with, was staying up late on a Friday night at 3 o'clock in the morning, catching yeah. it on the Spanish yeah. channel. Yeah. You know, and that's totally true. They said if they dull, if they brought the production value down, that would have helped. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that was one of 15 very valid points they were making. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, okay, Chris, the Muffin Man Johnson. Been a patron a few months, but this is my first question. Uh, he said, if the WWE had Cien Almas start an LIJ Day NXT faction, who would you have in it? Uh, Chris Johnson would want Adewa Tommy, Oni Lorcan, and Ruby Riot. Ooh, that's a good lineup right there. Kind of like that lineup. Hmm. Well, I don't think uh, Hideo Tommy is going to be in NXT for much longer. True, but he is now. Yeah. Oni Lorcan's good. Oni Lorcan. You can plug Oni Lorcan anywhere. Yeah. I kind of feel like Ruby Riot. She needs to be on her own. Yes, the face. She totally like. I think they have high hopes for her. Yes. Um, I'm trying to look at the females in developmental, at the women in development, and sort of because there's some that I really like. Put Sarah Bridges, uh, Crazy Mary Dobson in there. What other plans are for her? I don't know. Put her there. Um, and then two two other men besides Cian Almas. Well, Lorcan. Yeah, and then one more guy. Strong powerhouse. Cashy Sono. No. Hmm. Who would be their evil? Oni Lorcan could be their Sonata. Almas is their Naito. Who's their evil? 
The Velveteen Dream. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Um, Pi- Paul Paul Iannota. Who from NXT do you think will be in the women's tournament? Also, the way you pronounce my name is Iannata. 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 He swerved us there. I was worried if it was Iannota or Iannota. It's Iannata. Iannata. Nice. Who from NXT will be in the women's tournament? Won't be any of the competitors who are on TV a lot. Yeah, no, I don't want to see any. I don't want. To, I don't even want to see like Lacey Evans in that thing. No, I think it'll be you know you mentioned Crazy Mary Dobson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, Candice uh, LeRae was in I the think Battle Royale. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, she issued a statement about uh, Johnny Gargano, Gargano's injury. Oh yeah, but like kayfabe wise. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's my new line on kayfabe. By the way, a post takeover picture of them. Doing that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my new line. Well, you see that Ciampa posted a thing on Twitter. Moving out of the house. Yeah. You think he's actually moving out of the house? No, I think that was, like, them being roommates was kayfabe. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I think that was storyline. All right, all right. Yeah, that would make that sense. That was my though. understanding because Johnny Gargano was married yeah, to of course. Candice LeRae. And not to say that married yeah. couples don't have roommates. Yeah, but, sure, yeah. Um, they're, they're doing well enough. They don't yeah. Do that, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Candice LeRae. That's like hilarious. Was, but, like, uh, Rachel Ellering would be surprised yeah. that she's in it. She's been on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. She's had one or two matches on mm-hmm. uh, NXT television. Wouldn't be surprised if she's so in it. So, people who haven't... So, like, when you're, when you're in NXT, you... You're sort of like, once you come out of developmental and you're ready for TV, they bring you out for a little while while they figure out your character. Yeah, they, they test some things out. And then they kind of re-debut you. Yeah. Yeah. As we saw it. with Patrick Clark. Exactly, yeah. We saw him do his Prince thing a little bit here and there, but then now he's fully formed Velveteen, Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Yeah. And they just did something similar with uh, Sonya Deville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. She was Daria Baronado, which yeah. I think is her real name. Yeah, yeah. She was, you know, she had, she was involved in the Billy Kay Peyton Royce storyline for a short for a very bit. short period of time. And then she was off TV for a month and then re-debuted as Boom Sonia Deville. Yeah. Uh, one last question here from Finske Balamura, new patron here. You think sometime in the future Thank we'll you. see Finn Balor reunite with the club? And if so, what do you think would be the best scenario? I still say I am all on board with the club. With Heyman as their lead guy. Okay. I want to see Heyman turn on Brock Lesnar using Finn Balor and the club. It will never happen. That will never happen. Nope. That'd be pretty rad, though. It'd be interesting. They'd, they they would be heel for like a second, and then people would just be cheering. They'd realize crap out how of it. cool it is. <laughs> That's because right. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Well, just like you were going to be when you're Drew Mac Larson tire. Yeah. And I'm... Alice Steve Black. There you go. <laughs> All right. Anyways, that's it for now. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.